Well, good morning, New Hope Community Church. Glad that you're here with us this morning. Uh, glad that you're here with, with us on the live stream as well. We invite you into God's house here to enjoy him this morning. Well, we know that Christmas Eve is coming up, and as you came into the room and you sat down, there's a couple pieces of paper on your chair, and one of those is a business size invite that we really encourage you to utilize this week. Now, when you go see a great movie, you see, uh, you know, experience a great restaurant, or maybe you hear a new song or whatever, typically we share it with other people. Oh, did you see that movie yet? Right? And so my challenge to you is if you even like New Hope Community Church, like even half, okay, uh, consider inviting somebody to come along with you Christmas Eve. Typically, for Christmas Eve services, people are more open to going or people typically plan on going somewhere, and why not here? So I just encourage you this week to physically hand out these three invites to a neighbor, coworker, a friend, family member, whoever it might be, and just said, hey, you know what, this is a service I'm going to, why don't you show up and we'll sit together, right? It's always better together. So I just encourage you to utilize those invites and give people an opportunity to meet Jesus this Christmas Eve. We are so busy in our series called Pause, as the Christmas season is so busy that we're running and, and constantly on the move. Our RPMs are up and our stress level is up. And this whole idea of pause is this temporary stop in action and word. Temporary stop in action and word. That we'd actually pause, take a breath. Put it in park. Jesus invites us to be still and to know that he is God. Especially during this full season, we can lose sight of what Christmas is all about, right? A mother was working with, his, with her young boy on his numbers and trying to memorize his numbers. And so she started with one. And she was using flashcards and flashed up one, and he said one, then two, two, three, three, four, four, five, five, six, six, seven, seven, eight, eight, nine, nine, ten, ten. And she flipped up the next one, and he said, pause. She's like, what? Pause for what? No, pause. That's what the card says, pause. She looked at it, and it was the number 11. She's like, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, our... Kids today, children today, they're on the phones at a young age. They're on you know, computers, movies, and all that. And they recognize those two lines as being pause. And I think it's a great reminder of us over this season when we see the pause sign for us to pause before our God. Or even now when we see the number 11, <laughs> to pause and to be reminded of the importance of this season. In Psalm 46.10, God says, be still and know that I am God. Be still. Pause. Last week, we talked about pause through listening. Pause through listening. And I encourage you, whenever you start your day, whatever that looks like, to back it up 15 minutes and to spend 10 minutes just praying through the Lord's Prayer and then five minutes just listening, listening, being quiet, 
inviting God to speak over your life, to remind you once again before your day ramps up that he loves you, that his grace for you is sufficient, that his compassions are new every morning for you in your life, and to be reminded of that as we listen to his voice over our life. And so this morning, I would like to challenge us in an area that we don't contemplate much. And that is, I would like us to practice pausing through confession. Pausing through confession. The poet Robert Frost is best known for his poem, The Road Not Taken. And I want to read that poem to you. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler long as I stood and look down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as far and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubt it if I should ever come back. I shall be tailing this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood. And I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. The practice of confession in our day and age is the road less traveled. How often do you pause in your life and take an inventory of the sin in your life? and admit it, or confess it. Sin, by definition, is this, an act that goes against the law or boundaries of God for our life. An act that goes against the law or boundaries of God for our life. Now, we all understand boundaries because most of us have been watching football all fall, right? Or we've seen it on the news or whatever, and we have sat through repeated replays of situations determining was the player in bounds or out of bounds? Were they in bounds or out of bounds? Because if their foot is a quarter inch on the white line for out of bounds, they are classified what? Out of bounds, right? So we understand boundaries. We get that. And so it gives us a picture of God's boundaries as well for our life. Now, if I walked up to any one of you this morning and asked what sins you have been committing, (laughs) you probably would have to think about it. Why? Because we don't think about it. Prussian King Frederick the Great was once touring a Berlin prison. 
the prisoners fell on their knees before him to proclaim their innocence, except for one man who remained silent. Frederick called to him, why are you here? Armed robbery, your majesty, was his reply. And are you guilty? Yes, indeed, your majesty. I deserve my punishment. Frederick then summoned the jailer and ordered him, release this guilty wretch of a man. I will not have him kept in this prison where he will corrupt all the fine, innocent people who occupy it. Now, if we are honest here this morning, how often are we the supposed innocent in this story and not the one guilty person? How often are we the supposed innocent in this story and not the guilty person, the prisoner? The reality is we have a hard time seeing our sin. This is why I love the prayer of King David in Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The Hebrew word for search is this. God, investigate me. God, probe my life. God, examine my life. Look close at my life. Why such a prayer? Why such a prayer? Because David knew what it was like to harbor sin and not see it, not to confess it. Sin can get so commonplace we at times wonder if we do. Let me read that again. Sin can get so commonplace, we at times wonder if we do. If any of us have grown up in the church or have been in and out of reading the Bible, we have heard stories about David, and we've heard maybe the story of David and Bathsheba, where David was to be out at war with his soldiers, but he stayed back. One night he sees Bathsheba from a distance off his balcony. He has his men go and get her, and he has an affair with her. Her husband, Uriah the Hittite, is out at war. Bathsheba becomes pregnant. So David sends for Uriah, who is at war, to come home and to be with his wife, hoping that he would sleep with her and it would cover up the pregnancy. But Uriah is a man of integrity. And he comes home and he says, how is I, one who leads these soldiers, 
able to go in and be with my wife while they are out in battle. It's not right. And so he sleeps outside on the ground. David, realizing this, calls some military leaders and says, listen, take Uriah, put him on the front lines. When the battle is at its height, retreat back and leave him out there. And he gets killed. David thinks that he can just go on with life now. But yet the sin is building up on his back. It is weighing him down. It's not until God has to send a prophet, Nathan, to David to tell him and remind him of his sin. You see, God knows all. (laughs) And so he sends Nathan to David to bring forth these sins. And here's David's response in Psalm 32, 3. He says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. But two verses later, when he confesses Psalm 32, 5, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. That last line in Psalm 32, 5 is the gift of Christmas to us, is the gift of Christmas. Jesus went from the cradle to the cross, and it allows the forgiveness of our guilt, of our sin, to be covered. We read this truth in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and he's just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Us. Regardless of our sin, he forgives us. You know, like David, our bones waste away. Our body groans. Our sins accumulate and they weigh us down. Sometimes God uses Nathans to gently call us out on our sin. But often God uses his Holy Spirit that lives within us to bring conviction of our sin. Not condemnation. Jesus took that on the cross. But the Holy Spirit brings conviction. Conviction. In Romans 8, 1, it says, for there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He took care of that. And so we have this invitation to confession in Acts 3, 19. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. What a beautiful picture. God is inviting us to unload the sin that we carry in our lives, on our back like a loaded backpack, and to drop them at the foot of the cross and be refreshed. Been carrying that all morning. It's refreshing. 
to have it off my back. And what a great picture of the cross that it is, was formed to carry our sin. Sins weigh us down. And when we confess them, we are refreshed. It's why Jesus added confession in the Lord's Prayer, the brief prayer he taught his disciples to pray. Because confession is so daily. It's a little bit like taking out the garbage, right? Or like tidying up the home every day or doing the dishes. We just take care of it and put things in order. And so he invites us where it says in the Lord's Prayer, forgive my sins as I have forgiven others. And what is it we need to ask forgiveness for or bring confession for? First of all, our thought life. You know, Jesus brought a new teaching when he came on the scene as God in the flesh. And he said, hey, listen, in the old days, sin was just classified as an action. But today, it's now also our thought life. So if you are thinking racist thoughts towards your neighbor, or you are putting an individual down in the board meeting in your mind and calling them, he's a real jerk, you know, but in your mind, right? If you are lusting after another person in your mind or coveting, it's still sin, he says. But then he says, also, you need to confess your words. You know, what comes off your lips? Are they a building block or are they a stumbling block? I love what it says in Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do your words benefit those who listen? You may not even be talking to them, but they may hear you. Do you have a vulgar mouth where it's just offensive? Even if you're not talking to someone, they can overhear you, and it's undesirable. Are you spewing out words that are tearing people down or building them up? And God says, hey, confess it. Bring it before me. Let's get rid of it. And then obviously our actions. He says, come and confess before me. Two roads diverged in a wood. And I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. When we confess our sin, and we are refreshed, it makes all the difference. And so I want to invite you this morning to pause and to confess your sin. And I want us to read this prayer of David together out loud. Let's just read this out loud. Search me, God, and know my heart. We invite God in to search us. And so in a moment, I'm going to ask Carl to bring up a list of sins on the screen. This is not a list that Bill Berg made up. List of sins, not a list that New Hope Community Church made up. It is a list of sins that are listed in God's word. They are from him. Now, in this list, I did not bold any particular sins. 
I did not like make a top five list of sins. No. Every sin is listed next to every other sin. Sin is sin. And as this list comes up, I just invite you to say, God, search me. Holy Spirit, bring conviction where you need to bring conviction. It's not a list so that you can compare yourself to others and say, well, I don't do that. I don't do that one. I don't do that one. It's not a list where you're, you're elbowing your spouse or friend you brought with you and say, hey, you know, this is number, you know, put that on your list. You know, you know, okay. This is a list for you, for me. And when you came in, there was a little piece of paper. And as the Holy Spirit prompts, convicts, I want you to write it down. And then in a moment, you'll have opportunity to get out of your seats and to come up. And as you come up, to rip it up and to put it in one of the backpacks up here. And so I'm inviting us to do some business with God this morning and to pause through confession and to be real here this morning. And so this list is going to come up. We're just going to play some music, and I want you to take time to pause. And then when you're ready to come on up, tear it up, and leave it at the cross, and walk away forgiven and refreshed. And then our worship team will come out and close us with a song. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you are not a God of condemnation, but you are a God that through the cross has provided each one of us forgiveness. And so I praise you and I thank you for that gift, the gift of Christmas, the forgiveness of our sin. Our Savior has been born. And so thank you. In your holy name, amen.